Welcome to Bible Over Brews. Deep thoughts fermented over time and text. Tonight, alcohol in the Bible. And we've got Gumby. Hey, what's up? Mike. Good evening. Steve. Hey, everybody. Hey, my wife's in the background. <laughs> and because we're in the newly renovated, remodeled man cave, we've got Rick. What's up? Rick, step forward. Come up here, Rick. Come on, come on, come up here. Come on, come here, come on. Yeah, <laughs> Everything you see around you is the work of the master craftsman, Rick. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> We've got the decoupage across the top. That's my wife. All the work around you is thanks to Rick. Well done, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> Tonight, we are going to begin our broadcast. We're going back to platform again. It's going to be the hard cider raspberry. Gordon's raspberry. So, Mike, how have you been? Been all right. Keeping busy. Uh, seasons changing here in Cleveland, which is always my favorite time of the year. Love the fall. Absolutely. Steve? Man, I've been busier than a one-armed paper hanger. <laughs> even know what that means. <laughs> I just hope it's not offensive. Seems everybody's offended no, these days. No, it's not days. offensive. If you're a one-armed paper hanger, you're pretty busy, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Can you imagine hanging paper with one arm? Shout out to all the one-armed paper hangers. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to those who... Yeah, my respect. <laughs> Max, well, it's been very busy. You just had several shows, Steve, right? We've had some major shows. We did a lot of out-of-town, so we've been traveling out-of-state a lot. And um, these are some of our biggest shows of the season, so we've been kind of doing those. Uh, if you don't know, we're, we're artists, and we do a lot of traveling shows, uh, uh, peddling our art uh, to the public. And it's been a very successful season, and uh, we're winding down a little bit and getting ready then going into the Christmas season. Awesome. What shows do you have coming up in the Christmas season? Uh, I have, uh, we have the, our, a big major show that's actually in our studio in downtown Cleveland. Uh, we have another one at uh, it's a one called Prosperity Jewelry, and we do one at 78th Street uh, Studios. Uh, it's called Cleveland Bazaar. Uh, we're actually part of the 78th Street Studios. Uh, we're in one, we're perched up in one of the, uh, the the galleries there, and then uh, that's basically about it. Other than that, our, our 15 or 16 stores that we uh, service, and uh, it's always a busy time of season. Sweet, great. Gumby, I know you've been busy. Yep, a lot of music stuff happening. Recording tracks, drum tracks, uh, composing, um, mixing. Yeah, <laughs> teaching. Teaching right. soon, yeah. A lot of stuff happening. It's good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, this beer is looking pretty. Uh, yeah, this is cloudy. Yeah, it's cloudy. This is Platform's uh, Raspberry, Gordon Raspberry. Mm -hmm. Because it is apple picking time, I chose two hard ciders tonight, both from Platform. The first one's going to be the raspberry. Later we'll try the blueberry. And I couldn't find any, rev any reviews on this, so we're going completely off the cusp. So, so we're, the, we're the first review. We are the, well, we're the first official review. The only one that matters. <laughs> Couldn't find any stats, but on the can it does say 6% ABV and a plateau of 13. No IBU given. 
Uh, but it does list the fruit as heritage blend apple juice with the yeast of English cider. It doesn't give the, the alcohol? It, uh, 6%. Oh, 6%. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's got a little slight tartness to it, Ooh, too. That's um, it, it almost, um, the apple tastes a little watered down a little bit. You think? Just a little bit. But maybe I'm expecting a, maybe a little more sweetness. That'd be too. <laughs> it's a little tart. <laughs> it's a little tart. <laughs> well, most ciders are a little tart. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I like hard ciders, though. Hard ciders, okay, let me tell you. <laughs> True confession time. So, when I was a child, well, not a child, teenager. I was gonna say he was, I was an young. alcohol story starting with teenager. I was, I, I was child. probably about <laughs> uh, 14-ish. Okay. Okay. Uh, we would buy. My my mother would buy uh, uh, ciders, hard ciders. Okay. Every week we bought a gallon of hard cider. So. She would bring it in, and I figured out that if you let cider hit long enough and it has no preservatives, it would get, like, pop and be fermented. Right. Okay? So what I did was, every time she brought the cider in, I would flip it, and, I, and she put the new one in, right? And she put the new one in the back. So as soon as she went upstairs, I'd run over and put the new one, right? Flip it mm. to the back. Okay. Right? Or the, to the front. So every single time I kept flipping it, flipping it, flipping it. So that way the back one would get that nice, you know, fermented, popish flavor to wow. it, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and until there was a New Year's Eve that popped up and, and she brought a glass down to my uncle. was like, is this good? And he grabbed it and he took a sip. He giggled a little bit and he was like, ah. It's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so they never found out it was me, but <laughs> no, that's funny. It was delicious. It's got a different batch. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely tart. It's, I don't do hard cider too much, so it's taking me back to the wine cooler days of like mm. starting out. So yeah. yeah, it's not as tart as the other one that we had. No. Oh yeah, that, that one, one was like straight up. But that was labeled. Right that was up. actually labeled a tart. Yeah, I, <laughs> but I I do enjoy the 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 hard ciders. It's it's clean, it's crisp, it has that nice flavor. It's a little cloudy, but you're looking at you know cider, yeah. so you expect yeah, yeah, it to yeah. be. I like it. One to ten. What's that? One to ten. One to Let's ten. Go around. Hmm. As far as ciders go, you mean? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um. I'd probably place this maybe a seven. I was thinking like a six or seven, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking six. <clears throat> okay, yeah. the question I have, would you drink it all night long? Yes. No. I, I would. I could. I, I would drink it. Just, or is it just a one-shot deal and that's it? Yeah, no, with I, fish. I yeah. take it with fish. Yeah, these are very good with fish. I take food. everything with fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a consistent thing. If it's good enough to drink, it's good enough to have with fish. <laughs> I can't give it a number just because I'm more of a, a beer guy myself. So it's like, but I can taste the quality. It t it's real smooth and crisp, like you said, refreshing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It still has high quality. Yeah. yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely enjoying it. So let's move on. We are doing a, a very controversial subject tonight. 
alcohol in the Bible. Probably should have started here, but... Uh... <laughs> Probably should have. All of our subjects are controversial. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> that is a very true statement. But with a purpose, though. With yeah. a purpose. With people, to cause people to think. That's true. Oh, I was going to say beer, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Steve. <laughs> so, we are going to start someplace that's very, very dear to our hearts, especially Gumby and I. Do you start in the assemblies? Did I start the... In, oh. In the assemblies? No. Oh, okay. So, it's very dear to Gumby and I. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the official stance. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop up a couple different denominations, branches of the church, to look at what their stances are on um, alcohol, beer, whatever. We're going to start with the assemblies, assemblies of God. So, it says, alcohol, the scriptures speak after the destructive power of alcohol. Noah's drunkenness brought shame to his family. Lot's drunkenness resulted in an incestuous relationship with his two daughters. An inebriated Xerxes sought to humiliate Queen Vashti publicly. The consumption of alcohol impairs judgment, inflames passions, and invites violence. Alcoholism and the depression associated with it often leads to a breakdown of moral inhibitions, indiscreet or violent behavior, or loss of consciousness. Long-term drinking can terminally damage liver, pancreas, brain, or heart. Binge drinking on university campuses has caused instant death. It is estimated there are 14 million problem drinkers in the United States. Half of the fatal automobile accidents are caused by alcohol-impaired drivers. The annual cost of alcohol-related accidents, illnesses, violent crimes, and loss of work time is associated or estimated to exceed $100 billion. Whoa. Now, you said that's from the assemblies? Or did, from, did you from get the, notes from my daughter? Because that sounds like my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is, the, that is an official statement from the Assemblies of God. Yeah. 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 Well, basically what they're really stating here, though, is that the abuse of alcohol causes this. That is true. So well, if you were, yeah. you know, if you, well, we're going to get later into it, so I really don't want to, I mean, just basically with that. But some of the other things that I have an issue with this, as well, with the statement there, is they're talking about Xerxes, right? Mm -hmm. Who... Are they referring that Xerxes was a believer? No, no, I don't think anybody can actually say that Xerxes was a believer. Um, but they're using him as a reference. Yeah, well, and, and Xerxes isn't even called a Xerxes inside most Bibles. He's uh, Ahasuerus, right? Correct. So, over from the book of, uh, book of Ruth. Hmm. So, um, Ahasuerus would be uh, Xerxes in uh, Greek. So... Yeah, I would have no problem with that statement at all. I mean, it is—it's a serious issue, you know. It's you, when you drink, you have to drink responsibly. No, you know? sorry, not Ruth. Esther. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I scared myself. No, no, that was it. I, I finished my <laughs> sentence. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Ruth I, was, Ruth was Boaz. Esther was Xerxes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there. I mean, some of those are indisputable facts. 
Yeah, which right. is true, but like you're yes. saying, Steve, it's 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 the abuse it's of the, the abuse of, of things of things. But I what sometimes I don't think it's a fair uh, gets its fair share of blame is what about food? Let's talk about the abuse of, of food and overeating. Oh my. You know what I mean? And what that costs. I agree. To people, you know, it, yeah. it, and how let's many, not just pick out alcohol. And how many church potlucks contribute to that? Yeah, <laughs> and I think we calling out the churches. <laughs> well, it's it's true. It's, it is true. It's, it's true. It's true. It is I'm true. not trying to to say they're wrong or whatever. I'm just saying these are facts. We it's actually true. we actually had a, a pastor, and and he would say things like, you know, hey, you know, blessed are the fat of the land, and you know, so I mean, he would actually refer to the believers as being fat as a blessing. So. I, over and over and over and over again. So, I mean, that is actually looked upon in the Bible, especially among the charismatics. Yeah. I, I mean, many the... functions are just circled around food. And yeah. constantly, and it's all about the food. It's really yeah. not about what's in your heart, what's, what's, what's you know, what, what God's doing with you and, and how he's working with you. And I know it's really, you know, you know hey, I'm a victim. I mean, I was... Caught up in it too, man. I, I gorge myself. I'd like to see some of the statistics around, you know, um, car accidents related to texting and driving or some kind of media and, and accidents. There are those. You know, and yeah, compare yeah. things like that side by side by alcohol or people who are completely consumed with uh, medications and overdose. It, by it's that. actually funny you bring that up. There is a study that was done. On, on similar incidents. And they said there's as many cases of people who are impaired by sleepiness at the wheel as there are of drunkenness at the wheel. Mm-hmm. So, ah, that was the actual study that was done. So I'll pull them up. I, I can pull those up. And we'll link it. And we can link it. <laughs> and also studies have also showed that by texting and driving, Many you're more impaired. More. You're more yeah, impaired than you are intoxicated. I would agree. So I'm I not. Agree. I, I see. Certainly it. not negating the fact that Correct. there yeah. is, you know, that we have serious problems with alcohol and driving or alcohol and abuse. Correct. Alcoholics. Period. Right. But, um, yeah. No, I just think that the view should be uh, more uh, rounded. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And I, I need agree. to to clarify too, uh, for those that are listening as well. We're not condoning drunkenness in any way. At all. At all. And a point to where, where you are, are doing anything in your life that causes you to become impaired in any way or to cause harm to others. Or even overdoing anything. Or even overdoing anything. Right. Correct. It's just common yeah. sense. So it, it, it just, um, it's a very, as we say, very controversial as we always say, but we're, um, but how you... How you approach it and how and, and how God speaks to you on these things is very important. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But why with the assemblies though? Why why is that such a hot topic? You know? <laughs> it, it's okay to you, you know, in in some ways, you know, you, there I won't even bring that. There are other subjects where, you know, destruction and death is the end result. But when it comes to alcohol, it's like, man, there's such a, a stigma. line drawn in the yeah. sand with the, the uh, Pentecostals there and the assemblies that I, I don't get it. Because there's a lot of other branches of Christianity that uh, 
exercise, um, a lot of self-control, and they have no problem with it. Agreed. And even include it, you know, as part of their faith. So, as I'm sure we'll dive into. We will. In fact, <laughs> slide number two. <laughs> so, going on the charismatic side, we've got the Church of God. So here's an official statement. One of the primary benefits of our liberty in Christ is freedom from the domination of negative forces. We are counseled not to put ourselves again under bondage. Therefore, a Christian must totally abstain from all alcoholic beverages and other habit-forming and mood-altering chemical substances and refrain from the use of tobacco in any form marijuana, and all other addictive substances, and further must refrain from any activity, such as gambling or gluttony, which defiles the body as the temple of God, or which dominates and enslaves the spirit that has been free, made free in Christ. Yeah. You can't even be American. <laughs> How do you do that and be American? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that is an official statement from the Church of God. Um, one of the churches that, that I was actually in. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> I was actually a deacon in the Church of God. Huh. So, but it's once again, it's funny because they won't talk about things like gluttony. Yeah, but they did say it in their statement. It's not okay. So let's let's take a step back. They will highlight things like having a drink, but they won't highlight things like you know overindulgence in almost anything else, like eating. Two large pizzas. Right. In one sitting. Correct. So, and that's, that's where I, I take a little bit of, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? So, if you're, you can't take one and then highlight it over another. Because, let's take obesity, obesity for example. Obesity is a huge topic across the United States. Right. How many? Uh, it's the number how one many, cause of diabetes. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there. I mean, you have not only uh, heart disease, but you've got, you know, pancreatitis. You've got different kinds of uh, liver diseases, uh, even diseases of the brain, um, that are all caused by what you eat, and over yeah. over indulgences of what you eat every single day. Right. You know. And does that include Coca-Cola? I mean, Coca-Cola is uh, <laughs> not any better for you. Not at all. So, I mean, does, yeah. does, does that get included? I so, feel like we're talking apples actually, and oranges, if you, though. If you look, because are being, we? being diabetic well, myself. I just mean things that could be destructive to you. Anything that can be destructive to you, if it's taken out of proportion and to an extreme. Correct. It, you know, the end result can be just as bad. Yeah. But a can well, of Coke has 17 teaspoons of sugar in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I totally agree. The American standard diet's horrible, but I don't think we're getting the point. I think they're, you know, you can't eat a donut and you destroy your family. You know, there's there's many families that have been destroyed over alcoholism. I mean... I but do if you see, need a dozen of donuts. I do see where you're coming from. If you don't teach your family good habits. Moderation. But what I'm saying is, you know, there's abuse. Like, I, I think we're under, understating. I think we're sugarcoating alcoholism and comparing it to, well, like, being nice, addicted nice to sugar. There. But, yeah. <laughs> but we're not talking about alcoholism. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. We're not talking about alcoholism. I think we're that's what they're preventing. In, in, I think that's what yeah. why they're so, like, 
strict on it. Right. And I do see that. But if you're going to teach complete abstinence mm-hmm. of, say, alcoholic substances, why aren't we teaching moderation in food? Because you can, uh, let's say you have, we all have alcoholic members in our families, okay? Yeah. Everybody does, all right? But we also have many members, every family has hugely obese members in their family as well. Correct. Now, they are teaching their children to be obese, and that gene gets passed on intrinsically unto their kids. Mm -hmm. So you're passing on genes and habits to your kids that will then be be passed on to their kids. And now you have a whole family of obese people, and it all breaks back to that person who had no control over their diet. Yeah, it's true. My dad, my father died at 53 from diabetes. My father-in-law died at 51 from diabetes. Neither of them drank. Right. And it was poor eating habits, and a lot of it's cultural. Yeah. Uh, The way we cook our food, you know, everything, like you were saying, Steve, is so centered around just eating, and that could be a whole other podcast, I'm sure. But uh, you're right. It's, It's just a lack of moderation, and the fact that sometimes things just get singled out is it, hey, as long as I'm not drinking a beer, you know, I'm doing all right. Now, let me have my third plate of rice and pastelijos <laughs> and pork chops. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. after that, honey, can you go give me some pizza? Right. Exactly. Right. But are you saying that they should say more about healthy diet in there? Absolutely. I feel like that's the, like when schools get too involved because parents are not involved, that drives me crazy because it's the parental responsibility to raise their kids and teach their kids good habits. And at this point, I don't need a document to tell me to eat healthy, you know. And if I see one of my relatives overweight, you know, I'm going to try to not be overweight. And if I see a relative that's drunken, I'm going to try not to, you know. Yeah, overdo it, exactly. So I don't don't think we need them to spell everything out. I'm I'm not siding with them totally because I mean, there's many... Other good examples that I'm sure we'll get into, but I would prioritize, if I'm going to pick one, and I have a limited number of words to type, I'm not going to type sugar and gluten. I'll probably focus on marijuana and alcohol. I mean, that's all well and good, but I think that's been parlayed to death now in today's modern society and to the effect where we actually negate all the others. I mean, for example... If you go to other parts of Cleveland, I won't bring up different areas, okay? But in their fridges, they'll have two or three different pitchers of different kinds of Kool-Aid where they yeah. use a cup, three cups of sugar. Yeah. I mean, you can't... T- Which is more it, addictive than cocaine. It is, exactly. So, I mean, you're talking about, about once you negate the effects of one, you're actually supporting the effects of another. I mean... Yeah. I just never heard the Bible take a health food stance. I think from a spiritual point of view as we're looking at this, because we're we're talking about the abuses. Okay. Yeah. The extremes, those who have tipped off and gone the the wrong direction on things. Right. But what I think what it really boils down to, and I think the, the language of this should be more geared towards living a spirit controlled, God controlled life whereby you're yielding yourself to, to God and allowing him to control you, to, to take those urges away, 
to take those, those, um, what we call comfort food and all these things, you know, like this yeah. to us to, 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 to negate things. To, to, and all of a sudden that becomes our crutch. Whereas if we do it from a, if we're more spirit controlled, then we realize like, hey, I don't need that plate of rice or that plate of, big plate of spaghetti to make me feel better. But if I take time and yield myself to God and a lot and, and work my and work it out with Him, you know, then I'm not gluttoning myself and I'm not filling myself full of alcohol to make myself feel better and things like that. And yeah. that's and I think that kind of comes down to that, to where you really realize that and as you yield those things to it and and and, uh, and I know we're going to get more into why we do what we do, but we understand why. Yeah. And that's good. But to counter off of uh, off Mike's point, let's go back to biblical times. Okay. Right. Okay, so why do you think they wouldn't highlight things like overeating? Well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't as easy to overeat. Did there they weren't ha- processed foods. Did they have fi- high fructose corn syrup? No, they don't have Cheetos any of that. Or Cheetos <laughs> or... So they true. didn't have a local e- grocery store. Just everything was organic <laughs> and you didn't get overcharged for it. <laughs> you didn't worry about herbicides or pesticides or, that's you know. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I, I think I agree with Mike. I don't think it necessarily needs to be part of doctrine. We don't need to rewrite this and say this. But at some point... You know, I wish somebody, and we had the education in our family to say, hey, you know what, right, Sam, I, do you really need another plate? Right. I mean, isn't your body the temple? Shouldn't we take yes. care of it? Exactly. And you know, I don't, need it to be, I don't need it to be doctrine. I just right. needed someone, some intervention at some point, and then for that information to be passed down. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm catching up on that now, so and then I'm teaching that to and, my and kids. It's very difficult for us even as Christians today in dealing with that because we have to be so politically correct and not offensive. That's true. And and and, 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 and just in our own walk where to realize that like if, like if we let's say if we were in a in where we fellowship at, if we went there and we see somebody who's you know, or if we, if one of you guys see one of me. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. gorging up at the the buffet there, you know, going for ten plates, you know. Steve, don't you think like uh, two would have been enough? Yeah. Well, I I will ask you to ignore me if I'm over at Mongolian barbecue. <laughs> that, leave my bag of Cheetos alone. <laughs> yeah, but no. it's it's funny because you know I, I was always so w- worried growing up about beer because of the assemblies. Yeah. You know I was always so worried about the beer can. Right. And it being of the yeah. devil. The stigma. And, you know. Yeah. And never really thought to look at my dinner plate. Yeah. Well, I, then, yeah, in that case, I do grant you that those could be revised to not focus, but to broaden right. and focus more on, like, hey, what are... I, it's, a weird, it's a weird theory I have, so, uh, but this is a place for it, right? This is a platform. It's a, right. Go, shoot. <laughs> um, so, so I, you guys know I'm addicted to Cheetos, pretty much. I love Cheetos. You put a bag in front of me, I'll polish the whole thing off. Is that why you mentioned me it the last What? I bring them every time. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what's your favorite? Uh, the jalapeno Cheetos are the best. Those are actually really good. But so, I, I've I've convinced shit. myself now. This is a this is for advanced only level Christians. Because you can because you can lie to yourself here. So my theory is that you can eat as much as you want of anything 
as long as every bite you can legitimately be thankful for. Not trick yourself into being thankful, but legitimately praise God for each bite. Hmm. So sometimes when I'm about to overeat Cheetos, I, I cross my head and, and I'm like, okay, am I gorging or not? And it, it, it kind of encourages a relationship with each bite. And I think it's kind of cool. And it could be spread across alcohol and whatever you're, you're doing is just sort of like if, if Jesus were here and able to speak to us, like Steve says, and call you out onto the table, what do you say? Don't you think that's enough Cheetos? You know how many calories <laughs> and fake cheeses in those things? So, right. I gave up you. the hamburger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, when you cross yourself, are you using the Western cross or using the Eastern cross? Um, I don't know, but you can tell by how dark the Cheeto stains are on my shoes. <laughs> the, the cheese uh, pilings on the fingertips, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> With each touch, they're less and less orange. <laughs> I think moderation is key, and that's the one thing I don't get from like the Assembly's doctrine is it, moderation does not come across. Right. It's correct. like it's black or white. There's no gray area. So, and that's that's always for me. That's always danger. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> So let me ask you: When you popped that beer can, yeah, did it like roar out like a like a de- demonic sign came out of it when you popped it? <laughs> to me, it's relief. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to the next denomination. So we've got, and I know there's a lot of these out there. Where is, where is? <laughs> we have the Southern Baptist mm. Convention. Here is an official politician. This is the official statement. All right. Page one. Whereas years of research confirm biblical warnings that alcohol use leads to physical, mental, and emotional damage. Whereas alcohol use has led to countless injuries and deaths on our nation's highways. And whereas the breakup of families in the home can be directly and indirectly attributed to alcohol use by one or more. Me- members of a family, and whereas the use of alcohol as a recreational beverage has been shown to lead individuals down a path of addiction to alcohol and towards the use of other kinds of drugs, both legal and illegal, whereas there are some religious leaders who are now advocating the consumption of alcoholic beverages based on a misrepresentation of the doctrine of our freedom of Christ. Therefore, let me be known, page two, <laughs> Resolved that the messages to the Southern Baptist Convention meeting in Greensboro, North Carolina, June 13th and 14, 2006, express our total opposition to the manufacturing, advertising, distribution, and consuming of alcoholic beverages, and it be further resolved that we urge that no one be elected to serve as a trustee, etc., etc., etc. I'll let the rest go. More or less, if you consume alcohol... You are doomed to hell. <laughs> no, I don't think it says that. It says that you can't, you can't serve in any leadership. Capacity. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm ad-libbing and paraphrasing. Yes. So, <laughs> Although treated like you're doomed to hell. But the <laughs> More or less. I mean, if you read this all the way through, it kind of reads off like, like a memory, you know, <laughs> we will persecute you until you actually resolve your... <laughs> We're going to put you in the baptismal and hold you down until you repent. (laughs) Or (laughs) Or drown. drown. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's it's fairly extensive. They're they're saying that if you partake in anything, you pretty much aren't Baptist. Hmm. Well, Well, I guess I'm out now. (laughs) I just lost my Baptist membership. (laughs) 
I think my my view on that is kind of I I believe there are people who maybe have grown up in alcoholic families who maybe let's say and I'm sure it's and I know that it's happened kids get abused by an alcoholic father they grow up never wanting alcohol to touch their lips because of it mm -hmm. you know and I can totally respect that and if they feel like Definitely. joining that type of church mm -hmm. is for them and that's what works for them that becomes their doctrine yeah. and I totally respect that uh, so I, it's just not for everyone and, and to define that as Christianity as a whole I think is where we kind of get we kind of get turned around there a bit because um, that doesn't reflect the whole of Christianity. And then I also Agreed. think too, also as as a follower of Christ as well, um, that our actions too, that we do, that if we are around somebody who cannot hand, handle certain temptations, mm -hmm. would cause them to stumble, that if we do something around them that causes them to go to an extreme or whatever, or, or, or we become the excuse for them to do what they need to do, then that's where we need to abstain and say, you know what, it, this isn't that important. What's more important is how somebody else affects them. I do agree. And actually, traditional Christianity does agree with you. So, I mean, I have no, no arguments there at all. No. Right. So, moving on. I wouldn't be offended if I wasn't asked to be on the board, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. We will move on to... This is where we start getting inside... Um, we're going to go back further and further in uh, Christianity. Lutherans. What is the LCMS, that's Lutherans, in the United States, view on the consumption of alcohol? Answer. The, the Bible nowhere condemns the proper and responsible use, consumption, of alcoholic beverages, and neither does the Lutheran Church. That's from the Missouri Syn Synod. Which Synod. is a little more evangelical side of the Lutheran. Yeah, scripture does, does warn strongly and repeatedly against the abuse, misuse, or excessive use of alcoholic beverages, and the LCMS has also repeatedly warned against such dangers. Now that, I think, is a responsible way to approach yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Lutherans, I think, show a good balance between the two. Yeah. You know, it's definitely warning against the abuse of alcoholism, um, but it shows that, hey, guess what? It's not wrong in and of itself. Yeah. So Definitely more in line with that. Yeah, I stand with that. And then we turn to the Catholic Church. It's the Roman Catholic Church. So, uh, this is from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, starting with 2290. The virtue of temperance disposes us to avoid every kind of excess. Excess. The go. abuse of food, alcohol, tobacco, or medicine. Those incur grave or guilt who, by drunkenness or a love of speed, endanger their own and others' safety on the road, at sea, and in the air. 1852. There are a great many kinds of sins. Scripture provides several lists of them. The letter to the Galatians contrasts the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. 
Now the works of the flesh are plain, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, or selfishness, disease, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you as I warned before that those who do such things shall inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, I'm going to refrain from all these until I hit the last one. It says, uh, in protecting with the country's institutions the right to medical care, assistance for the aged and benefits, the protection of security and health, especially with respect to dangers like drugs, pornography, and alcoholism. Now, if you look at that, it actually covers all the other topics. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't say, hey, don't drink. It's actually taking care to avoid the misuse mm-hmm. of a series of different things. Yeah. And notice it covers tobacco, alcohol, drugs. I mean, etc. food. And it lists food right there as gluttony. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it actually does a very good job at showing temperance across a variety of subjects. Right. Absolutely, yeah. Bravo. Right? <laughs> so, that means we can... Well, yeah, but once again, it's in moderation. And it was it was one of the... Ah, I forget who it was. Wasn't it... Um, shoot, I can't... I don't remember the saint. It may have been Augustine. Was moderation in everything, hmm. right? I don't know. Temperance in all, moderation yes. in everything. So, I mean, once again, it's okay to partake. It's bad to abuse. Right. So, going into the Eastern view of alcohol, this is from the Eastern Orthodox Church, basis of the social concept of the Russian Orthodox Church. And this is, uh, here we go. The Bible says that wine maketh glad the heart of man. Well, look at that. What? The Bible actually endorses the use of wine? Oh, and it my helps God. your stomach, too. That's not in my Schofield Bible. <laughs> it gives you that warm feeling. You know? Wait, wait. Paul said, it wasn't in the Schofield Bible? <laughs> yeah, but even Paul said it have a little wine to settle your stomach. It does. Uh, it is good if it be drunk moderately. That's in Sirach. Not get 31, 27. Now, Sirach wow. is in the Apocrypha, okay? And the Apocrypha is part of the Old Testament Bible that Jesus and the Apostles both re- read from, yeah. quoted from, and lived by. Uh, so, do the Catholics include the Apocrypha? Yeah, the Catholics yeah. And, bo- and both sides of Orthodoxy do. Way to go, guys. <laughs> But we repeatedly find both in Holy Scriptures and the writings of the Holy Fathers the strong denunciation of the vice of drinking, which, beginning unnoticeably, leads to many other ruinous sins. Very often drinking causes the disintegration of family, bringing enormous suffering to both the victims of the sinful infirmity and its relatives, especially children. So once again, it's okay to have a drink in moderation, it's bad to become abusive. Yeah, abuse, abuse, eh, abusive, uh, uh, enamored with the vice of it, mm-hmm. right? So where it's controlling you versus right, right, just like I, gluttony. You should not be worried if my fridge has no alcohol in it. Right. Yes. <laughs> if sometimes if, I was. If you are looking for cough <laughs> syrup at the end of the night, there might be a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, when I was in the Marines back in the uh, the Cold War, 
dealing with the Russians. Uh, they had such an alcoholism issue with the, the Russian uh, military that the fighter pilots would, uh, they wouldn't use their, their fluids to clean their windows and things like that because it had alcohol in it. Right. So that way when the guys who repaired the planes when they came back, they, they would take the, the, the fluid out and sift it through a paper towel and then drink it. Oh, wow. With alcoholism. Yeah. Now, this the American side or the Russian side? The Russian side. side. The Russians. Those are men. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know. Communists, but, you know, whatever. I mean, there was that is a mighty strong liver. <laughs> wow. And then here's from the Oriental Orthodox, because there are two sides to Orthodoxy, both believing predominantly the same things. Christianity does not ban the substance. The substance in itself is not forbidden. Otherwise, God would have not have created it. But to what extent should we apply this rule to wine? The most dangerous thing, the most dangerous thing about wine is its alcoholic content, and Christianity does not ban alcohol as a substance. Alcohol is used as in medicine, in cleaning materials, in perfumes, and is put into constituents of many medicines besides having other beneficial uses. Therefore, it is not prohibited in and of itself, and we cannot ban it. But when alcohol is abused, it is prohibited. All right. Hmm. Succinctly put, I think. Yeah. yeah. But they only dealt with just alcohol, where the Catholics dealt with everything. Well, yeah, once again. Now, and I did, okay, so I didn't post the page. There is an entire page on the archdiocese for the Americas on um, in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Okay. That probably included all those things. And mind, and mind you, alcohol was a very small subset of the page. But it was so long, I did not include it in the podcast. Okay. I mean, it was a, literally an entire, I think it was six paragraphs long. Oh, okay. I'm not going to read that off. There you go. Well, <laughs> right. in, in the lieu of t- in the saving of time, better that we didn't review that. <laughs> right. But it is there, so, uh, yeah. so we'll get them off the hook. On so that. I'm yeah. just going to ask, and this may be a dumb question, but I just have to ask. So God created alcohol? Yes. <laughs> so that's like one of our elements on the table, periodic elements. It is not. <laughs> on the well, it is, a, uh, it is actually a common, it's a, uh, a, a blend of uh, mm-hmm. elements that are on the periodic table, but, but uh, the actual probably, uh, the creation of, I mean, the, the, the making of alcohol is a natural creation thing that whereby uh, causes fermentation, which causes a chemical reaction that, that forms the alcohol. So, it's it's through the creation that God created that allowed the fermentation to happen to uh, to allow the alcohol to be produced. Right. I mean, no creation can happen without it, right? Correct. So I'm going to say that God allows the fermentation process. It's not like God, like you know, God gave said, us the ability. Let there be a still. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that. But it was just that you know, you have fruit. You have we have. The things in nature that are that are naturally there that God put there and gave purpose, right, gave you and the function to, do it. to allow, and the conditions are the atmosphere and everything allowed the perfect Uh-oh. production of. Mike's googling something. I am. I just want to confirm if it's on the periodic table. It's a really good question. <laughs> well, you have actually. carbon. You have hyd- hyd- uh, 
see alcohols with carbon. Oh, shoot. Uh, there's um, um, hydrogen. Well, I, I guess, is it a complete the natural occurring thing in nature. It is. Yes, yes, absolutely. Actually, when apples and grapes le- hit the ground, it does not take long at all from the ferment. Yeah. In fact, what we'll cover in the second half of the podcast is just how long that fermentation process takes. Okay. And how the Jews actually did it in the ancient world. Because it's going to surprise you. It's not a very long time. At all. No. So it's it's pretty interesting. We'll get to that. Well, I've picked blackberries off my bush that have already fermented, so it definitely happens in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yeah. feeling really good. <laughs> well, no, not, not very good. All the sugar's gone. I mean, the alcohol. Well, the alcohol, it, it, it's the sugar that causes the, oh, wait, the yeah. alcohol. To what is this? Does my wife want to speak? Feeds, feeds I on the sugar. Intended on chiming in oh, please, move, move over here. Doing my work on the clock. Close to the mic. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. my work. Um, however, if you ever reared up children and they're young and they have that sippy cup that they accidentally rolled underneath the seat in the back and you find it the week later oh, and yeah. you open it up and it's had that apple juice in it and it goes yeah. just the same as you opening your hard cider. Yeah, it's naturally occurring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I found a couple of those. And don't drink that. Right. right. <laughs> Except the French fries, they never change. Right. <laughs> Ever. And not McDonald's. What is French fries. <laughs> Did anybody else see that video about the McDonald's burger? Yes. That took? Yeah. And it did time lapsed it over like years. That one, but there's another one. It never molded. They actually took the patty and dumped it inside of uric, not uric acid. What was it? Was it citric acid? Citric acid? I didn't see that. Yeah, it's on, it's on Facebook. If you Google, it's on Facebook, and uh, they take this this patty, and as they dissolve it, it's the equivalent of stomach acid. Okay. okay. So it should dissolve, as all things do. It doesn't. It just becomes this little black lump and just sits there in the acid and never dissolves. I mean, I love McDonald's. Don't get me wrong, but if bacteria and mold doesn't eat it, then I'm not sure I should. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> it went, what, three years and it still didn't even have any no mold, mold out or nothing? Mold won't it. touch it. If it's... it can clean your car battery, you should. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Coke does. Coke. Join us for the rest of the conversation in part two. <laughs>